Ninja Turtles, um, TMNT, TMNT. Um, my mom didn't let me watch that growing up. Oh, so can we get a pizza? Did she watch your episodes? That would be yeah, hilarious. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and Full I, circle. I tease her because I'm like, couldn't keep me away, mom. <laughs> I got it. I gotta watch it after. Watch all. what Michelangelo does in this scene. Yeah. Welcome to this podcast is not for you. Uh, we're back with another episode. My name is Peyton. My name is Wes. My name is Jake. We have with us this evening Tyler Kakak. Is that the correct pronunciation of your last name? It is tonight. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's Kakak. It is Tyler Kakak. Tyler is a professional man. Speak a little bit slower, Peyton. <laughs> That's his podcast thing. You it is. Know. Yes. God. Hijacking my two and a half hours thing. long. Tyler, I could explain to people what you do, but why don't you just do it? Who are you? <laughs> just start there. Who are you? Uh, who am I? And why? Why Goodness. are you? Why? Even deeper question. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I don't have the wit for this. Uh, I'm here because Peyton asked me. Nice. I know Jake Excellent. from a while ago. Excellent. And I just met... Michael. <laughs> yes, it's my middle name. So who's your who's your favorite of the three so far? Yeah. Uh, grandfathered into the favorite, surely, right? Yeah, just pure seniority. It's Jake. Thank goodness. Um, anyways, no. That was uh, me, Michael. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Payne asked me to be on to talk about animation, which I'm so excited uh, that I even get to say I get to animate for a living because um, it was a, a, a dream as a kid. Never thought it was realistic. I always thought it was something wizards did in a far off land and just didn't see. Wait, you're not a wizard? <laughs> Why are we doing this episode? <laughs> that about wraps it up. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I was promised a wizard. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll, we'll reveal the curtain, peek behind it a little tonight. If I can, I don't even know. But uh, it's been awesome. So I get to make cartoons and got to work on some fun stuff. Yep. What else you want to know? Where are you from? I'm from... Born in Joplin, was born uh, in Missouri, um, lived in Rockford, Illinois for a little bit, then moved back to Joplin, and uh, yeah. There's also a common thread between all four of us. I was just <laughs> counting there for a second. One, four, uh, <laughs> real quick. Somebody um, confirm. Is that we all went to Carl Junction High School. Yeah, we did. Um True. Which is fun, and that's pretty much the extent of that conversation. I mean... <laughs> yeah, if you're not from here, it's like a small suburb, basically, of Joplin. Talk about a little bit about CJ. Like, I think that would be interesting to see your perspective on Carl Junction. First of all, how long... So you said you grew up in Rockford for a little bit. So how long mm -hmm. were you in... Were you at CJ all through high we school? Came, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We... Like, I came back to Missouri. My family came back to Missouri when I was in fifth grade. So I was like three or four when we moved to Rockford. And then through fourth grade, we were there and then moved back. So, yeah. Uh, small town, you know, had, oh, I remember one of my favorite Carl Junction stories is used to have that Taco Bell in the gas station, yep. the drive through Taco Bell. Oh wow. We hadn't <laughs> thought of that in <laughs> 17 years. Jeez. And yeah, it was just drive through I don't think you could eat in. I can't remember. Anyways, it was a, it shared with the gas station after basketball. We just were going to get some Taco Bell with my mom. And uh, we pulled behind two people on horseback. 
going oh through the drive-thru. <laughs> going through the drive-thru, getting their meal. Uh, and they got handed their Taco Bell in a sack. That's amazing. Put it in their saddlebag wow. and rode off. <laughs> wow, in the saddlebag, too. That's it's like yeah. the one time there was a traffic jam going to school because there was a guy driving his tractor down the road, down that curve yeah. toward yeah. the high school. And so there was a line of like 30 cars because this guy yeah. was driving his tractor down the street. I mean, it is, I mean, not really now, but maybe it still is the one stoplight town. Like, it really yeah. had that one corner intersection. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. hasn't grown that much. Like, downtown Carl Junction hasn't yeah. changed that great. I feel like, like it's cleaned a little bit, and some of the buildings have been yeah. re- renovated and stuff, but they haven't expanded really at all. Yeah. Yeah. This small town, really. And then you just find things with your friends to entertain yourselves, because there yeah. really is. Yeah. Like yeah. the silly stuff, and of course, I was—I don't know how long it lasted, but my friend group definitely was the era of uh, oh Johnny Knoxville and those guys. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the yep. Jackass series. Yep, yep, yep. And so you know what? Don't try this at home. Didn't <laughs> right. apply in Carl Junction. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we would find ways to entertain ourselves. So you already alluded earlier to what you do for a living, um, which is kind of why we wanted to have you on. We, The podcast that we do is almost entirely centered around movies and film. Um, we talk about other stuff too. Intentionally so. Yeah, we, we try not we, to. But. Yeah. <laughs> but it always comes back to it. We just what really What would you like it to be about if it wasn't about <laughs> that? It, I don't know. Would, <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be about really weird stuff because it would be... We really we try just as to like talk about. We have conversations that are fun all the time that are really lengthy and they're about, we get passionate about these topics, like mm-hmm. movies and stuff. Um, so we thought it'd be fun just to record them and have that to listen to them later. Because here's the thing is like, we all think you're really cool. It <laughs> seems like you don't think you're really cool, but you are really cool. So... Why don't you tell... Tell us why you're cool. Tell, tell the people that are listening <laughs> that have seen your movies but don't know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know people that are going to listen to this are going to be like, well, I've seen that. He look, That's crazy. So elaborate a little bit more on, you know, what you're, what you're doing, you know, for a living and, and why you are passionate about it. I love that it was a dream growing up because mm-hmm. that's one of my questions. So that was, that was great. So I went to college for animation in 2008 uh graduating 2010 and um you know it was always how how the dream formed for me was kind of a light bulb moment when i was a kid and there was several movies on repeat it was like jungle book um sword in the stone peter pan the Robin Hood, um, the, the Robin Hood. I, I did say the. Yeah, there's no other. No, <laughs> I was gonna say. Unfortunately, we're to the point where we have to say the original. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming you mean the original. Animated, yes. the animated okay. Robin Hood. Okay. Yep. Um, you know the thumb sucking King, uh, King John, Prince John, actually. Uh, anyway, so uh, I don't know which one of those, but I always watched. Pinocchio was one of them too. I don't know which one it was, but it was during one of those that I realized that the names at the end were jobs. And I had to be, I don't know exactly, but I had to be like six, seven, eight, like it was young. It just clicked for me. I'm like, wait, people make these? And I was like, I want that job. And I didn't really know full context of what that meant right. to make one. But I was just like, I want to figure out what this is and go do it someday. 
And so that stayed with me all growing up. And I already, I enjoyed drawing. I enjoyed art. Um, did it all through every art class I could take. I would do it. I even signed up for extra ones like outside of school. Like I'd find different art teachers at uh, like Ozark. I would Paula. I, I uh, Shout out to Paula. Paula Giltner, what's up? Shout out. Uh, no, but I just, I enjoyed just creating an art. And I had a very creative, supportive home environment. So I got to be um, high school age and, you know, being, as we can, as you guys may sympathize with, I don't know, from the small town we're from, it's not that people don't leave. It's just the options seem big when you start thinking outside of mm. the four states, right? Yep. For the most part, some people don't really leave and they don't want to. And I don't have anything against that. It's just, I knew if I was going to really chase being an animator, it's like, I'm going to leave. And so it got, it was scary. I didn't know if I was really going to do it. And it still, even though I had that epiphany when I was young, I still didn't like have the confidence to just go like, oh yeah, let's go. But in the end, I just, it, it just hit me. It was like, if I don't try, I'll never know. And I yeah. will always, I'll always ask what could have happened if I had the guts to kind of just go to art, art school. So we found one and I went to school. I guess I can go back a little bit. So up until 1990, I think it was five when Toy Story came out, the industry was pretty much, you know, all hand-drawn 2D animation, which yeah. I loved. And I already knew I wanted to be an animator right. before Toy Story. Um, so I was convinced to be a, a hand-drawn animator and then the industry massively shifted when Toy Story came out and I was still a kid when Toy Story came out like I was not looking for you know a degree at that age and I love I mean I love Toy Story but it wasn't until their next movie A Bug's Life that convinced me like I had the epiphany on those classics but it wasn't until A Bug's Life that it I was like I have to try like mm. I was considering like, I don't know, ministry or teaching or mm. construction. Like I was going down those routes. And then I was just like, when I saw Bugs Life, I was like, no, I gotta, like I was going a more responsible, feasible goal. And sure. then, and then Bugs Life came out and like, I have to try. Right. Mm. And I, I was still a kid. I was like 98, I think 99 when that came out. Could be 97. Anyways, they made movies a lot further apart back in the old days, not one apart. I just, then I was like, I have to try, I have to try. So I just kept from then on, I just, I mean, I was already doing art classes, but I was just like a uh, pinch pot like everyone else. But then it was just like as much art as I can. Like mm. I just was. Did it start with drawing and stuff and, and painting or anything? Yeah, like I have a, a three ring or a binder notebook. You guys remember with like animals, like swiping soccer balls, like that yep. phase of Grizzly. Yeah. I have a one of those. I think it's a panther with a soccer ball or is it Grizzly? I can't remember. And it's it's lined and everything, but it was my kindergarten, first grade. Uh, book and it's full of just you know kindergarten first grade Tyler's drawings and stuff and so yeah it's been ever since I could right hold something write with something um so I've always enjoyed it it's very therapeutic for me too like it was always someplace I could uh, escape to and you know create in that was kind of my own like right. I couldn't own that but um anyways so uh fast forward then to actual college like yeah. high school graduating, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, you know, I'm terrified of it, but I have to try unless I'll always wonder. So I did, uh, like take a year off between graduating, or whatever to save up yeah. uh, money. Cause I knew it was going to be expensive. So I worked 
and then went into college in Orlando, went to Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. Okay. And that was a two, it was a accelerated program. So in two years, got a bachelor's degree. Wow. Um, but I, I mean, am assuming that was a ton of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drank more energy drinks and slept less <laughs> in those two years of my whole life. Um, I can't eat Wendy's anymore. <laughs> Same. That dollar menu, I was like, it, it kept me alive. Not healthy, but kept right, me alive right. in college. If I'm you did like, it again, it would kill you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I've I had the detox, and now right. it's like, yeah, I can't shoot up again. I'll yeah, I'll go into right. uh, OD. Yeah, I'll OD right away. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was awesome, and uh, learned how to animate. I went to school knowing nothing about it. Um, while I was grateful to have a creative background, I still knew nothing about animation. So you hadn't done, before going to college, you hadn't done any kind of like animation stuff on your own. It was more just like I mean, I think I probably did like that school project flip book. Okay. But like there was no animation teacher teaching that. It was just like a, hey, cool, check this out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was more elaborate than that. But no, I I did not know the gambit of things that I learned in college. And I even Mm -hmm. had a, a teacher in college Shout out Sean Springer. Shout out number he worked two. on uh, Prince of Egypt and Shrek, nice. and I think he worked on Black Cauldron. He started in the hand-drawn days and uh, switched to CG when the industry changed. Um, but he was a teacher down there, and he was throwing out all sorts of nuggets and just, like, dropping name drops and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what that term means. Right. right? And uh, he's like, and this is a little inside thing. It's just, he's like, what do you know about the nine old men? And I'm like, I don't know anything about who nine who who's the nine old man. Right. <laughs> like who which nine? Right? Yeah. He's like, before I teach you anything else, go learn about them. Right. And so I just was like, all right. And so I went, you know, home or I don't know to the closest computer. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. No 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 smartphones. Um, I think they existed. I just was too broke to have one. Um, You're too busy spending all your money on Wendy's. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, you know it. You get it. Yeah. You've been to art school. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I just, he taught so much, not just about animation, but like the history of it, the, the context of it, the things not I always love, the, curriculum he was the things I love, but just never knew. Like he, the nine old men are essentially the wizards I grew up watching. Like those mm-hmm. are Disney's mm-hmm. clutch nine players, his team, um, that built the classics. Right. Gotcha. And I was like, man, that's so cool to learn. And. I'm a wicked big history nerd of animation too. I mean, I probably already did. It's just coming from where we're from, there wasn't a lot of influences actually telling, teaching, knowing the stuff. And it's nobody's Mm -hmm. fault. It's just, I went and just was like, what animation's more than just moving cartoon characters? Yeah. I mean, we get to create that, but like how they developed it, where it was before Snow White, like, and then Toy Mm -hmm. Stories, Pixar's things like, well, there's so much to it. It blew my brain. But anyways, I got to learn about that and find a job after college, um, you know, getting my foot in, getting my foot in the door in a small little place. And we can talk more about that too, but I'm trying to hurry a little so we get to more questions. You're doing perfect. Like it's amazing. (laughs) Um, And my next question was, what was your first professional job? Yeah. So it's perfect. So graduating in 2010, I did a little bit of an intern, a three month internship with that same professor, Sean. Um, which I learned so much in that focus three months because it was a lot more hands-on mentory right. than the school 
kind of curriculum. The curriculum was fast paced and still a lot of things to learn, but three months of just Sean and his time was, uh, grew faster in those three months than it did the whole 21 months ahead of time. But mm. granted, the 21 months was just pure knowledge information right. drop and you're a little right. bit overwhelmed and you're building the base at the same time trying to get assignments done where you're still learning the medium yeah uh. and then once you're in with sean you're just like all you do right now is animate like there's no other wow. thing and so it was really fun another animator that was interning at the same time as me we graduated around the same time there's like a group of four of us or five there's a group of five of us so we all interned under sean for those three months and we entered into this um internet contest for animation yeah. and it was a walk cycle challenge we entered it and he got first and i got second and it was hosted by one of the pixar animators oh, cool. um andrew gordon which he's not there anymore because he's off doing his own projects which is cool but um that was just a really cool thing to get to kind of put myself out there into the industry right kind of a thing it was the first thing you turned in that wasn't for an assignment right. pretty much yeah. yeah it was like ah oh, you're posting something online right, right. um Everything else is just turning assignments to your teachers, but this is like, all right. This is the real deal. Yeah. And it was cool. It was that kind of edifying feeling of just like, well, that was really fun to create something and they liked it. And um, again, sharing it with a friend, you know, and that was when Toy Story 3 came out. And so my, the first place win, which is what my buddy got, he got a signed poster, movie poster of all the animators from Toy Story 3. And then, uh, and then I got a Pixar shirt and a, a book from A Bug's Life, which was really serendipitous because they had no idea that that yeah, was my right. kind of like, you know, my uh, endearing, like, I got to try, have to try. Yeah. Um, and inside it, um, Andrew had signed it. And he's, it was on the the page that one of the pages in the book is like the full double spread of like the fog scene of the grasshoppers walking mm, through. Yeah. And that's all it is. There's no words or anything. It's just a, a still from that. And he signed it. He said one of the first shots I ever animated was a walk cycle. Keep going and keep learning. Whoa. Something like that. And I was just like, what? So I still wow. have that book. It's really encouraging to you know open up every now and then. And be yeah. Like, so anyways, uh, found a job. First job. Well, man, there's, I don't know how much. I could ride the details Dude, all day long. Ride the details, man. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. So like. Whenever you got into college and started doing animation, at that point in time, was any of the education being taught the old school hand-drawn stuff? Or was it all... When I was in college? Yeah. Or was it all the CG stuff? So my story is my college taught both. Okay. But there were... And this is the one thing that I will always have a little bit of... Not regret, but I just think about every now and then because I'm grateful for what I did because I met the people I got to meet and I have yeah. the career I've gotten to enjoy so far. Definitely blessed by the path I took, but I did not, I don't feel like I did now knowing as much as I know now, I don't feel like I had a strong vision of how broad or how many options there really were to mm. pursue a career in animation. Um, and I just mean that there are tons of schools out there and, I pretty much fell in love with the first school I went on a tour with. Gotcha. Which that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Sure. Uh, it just was like now knowing I'm like at that time there was an online school that was just starting. Now it's really big and there's several online schools now. But like CalArts is where California Art Institute is where like most of like those those Disney traditional artists go and teach there. Mm. Okay. Right. And it was started by um, the Disney artists because they wanted to train people up to be 
like that that generation nine old men um they as they were getting older like they they didn't invent animation but they sure. essentially created what we know it today mm-hmm. um and so as they were getting older they're like nobody knows how to do this but us at least not to that yeah like there were other studios like Hanna Barbera and uh, stuff like that doing animation, but yeah. like that Disney style. Yeah. Um, so they created. To pass that on. Yeah. So they partnered with the Cal Arts, and did I know any of this? No, I did not know. Now, granted, when I went off to college, most of those guys had passed on. Like that, that that was a different generation than me, but it's still. A still a school that still teaches right. all the same stuff, and I didn't even know it existed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this part of me that's like, what if I would have went that way? <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of options out there, and I just I didn't know. So it's not like the industry just like completely got rid of the hand drawn no. style. And you can still CalArt still teaches two D. Okay. I mean, like Klaus um, on Netflix mm-hmm. that came out a year or two ago. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. longer than I can even think. That was hand drawn. No, there's still definitely hand-drawn jobs out there um i will say it's a lot more difficult to get into a hand-drawn opportunity is there just fewer of them there that's tough to know for sure okay there's plenty of work out there for hand-drawn animators it's just super competitive gotcha and i mean the whole industry is pretty competitive but sure yeah when you are a hand-drawn animator you really have to be a step above the rest Mm. Um, because you can find work even if you're not the best hand-drawn animator but it's just it's tough it's it's a weird question to answer because i've not actually ever done hand-drawn animation professionally yeah Uh, but i just have friends and connections that you know they they bounce around opportunity opportunity because the stability in hand-drawn is so hit and miss you know you can have a really successful film like klaus but then no other studios are making hand-drawn for a couple years or they're right. in pre-production on something else and they don't need anybody yet. So that's just like, it's not lined up like the old days or it's yeah. just, you know, DreamWorks is making these and Disney's making these and, you know, other studios. It's just, you know, here and there. So, so you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about just not knowing either about how this stuff works or that, you know, what kind of opportunities were available like when you were I'm talking about when you were at CJ specifically mm-hmm. you know just small town um, everything else seems so big one of my uh, it's 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 very vivid vivid for me it's um, I coach basketball at CJ so I'm in the high school more than most people that have graduated 10 years ago so um, yeah, nice. I I, I walked in it was like one of the first years I was coaching and they had a you know the peanuts poster mm-hmm. and you had the whole team sign it and it was a little a little blurb about like you know it doesn't matter where you're from as long as you like if you want to do something you can you know I, I that that's how it made me feel you know what what was written on there um and i just thought that was really really cool as someone that like believes that yes you might have to uh like leave to get other opportunities like you know the band has had to go other places to get opportunities or whatever, you know, but I love this being my home base and I love investing in like Carl Junction and Joplin. So I was wondering if that's ever something that you were like interested in doing, like, would you ever teach like a summer (laughs) school 
like thing at CJ <laughs> because I think I think a lot of kids I don't know if who cares who who knows if these <laughs> snot nosed high schoolers even read this plaque right I don't know if they'll appreciate it at the time but it's like they really they can do what they want you know just like you like you mm-hmm. watched the bug's life and you were like this is crazy I have to try and you're doing it and you're successful so I was wondering is there any interest in doing something like that <laughs> for kids that might be interested in doing something like that yeah. here. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I haven't thought about it full through as far as how it all worked, but right, yeah. there's already been opportunities where I've gotten to teach. Um, I currently do teach uh, at an online school and I enjoy teaching, but I've gotten to teach um, like Ozark does a uh, creative arts. Yeah, in the and I've I've taught there nice. twice once. I'll say they've only done it for two years. And then so. once. <laughs> I've okay. taught once. Uh and then uh while I've been here, um College Heights actually went over to College Heights and talked to during a lunch hour. Like just kids brought their lunch in wow. and it was only like thirty minutes. It was really short. And uh they just ate their lunch and I just sat down and answered their questions and talked awesome. talked at them. Yeah. They clapped at <laughs> yeah. me. Um, no, uh, anyways, so no, it's, I enjoy, uh, sharing what I have learned and I don't know, there's no end game to it for me other than, uh, people want to listen. I'm, I'm so excited about it that I'll tell them an answer. Like coming here tonight and talking to you guys, like, sure. I'll talk about it. Yeah. I like you guys and I like what I get to do. And I like talking, (laughs) rambling about movies too. So that's the only reason it even popped in my head was we've had many conversations in our short time at MJT together. And every one of them was like, shout out MJT. Shout out MJT. (laughs) Um, But every one of those was like really cool, really like impactful and, and, and really cool to have in the middle of the day, you know? And it was something that it's something that not a lot of people care about specifically animation but also just talking about art and that at that level in general and also just super interested in the details and the stories that you every time you'd tell me a story it was like i guess i have to get back to work at some point (laughs) i I don't want to at all too that's interesting is like uh, like i'm i went to film school at missouri state and did like live action film production Mm -hmm. stuff but i feel like there's a billion people out there that want to make traditional like live action movies Hmm. and there's less people i think pursuing animation so i feel like it's really special like when you get to talk to somebody in the anime because i think to in my opinion the skill level in animation is higher than in Hmm. film production like it's just i don't know it's obvious to me it's like look at it like (laughs) you can put you can put somebody in front of a camera and make it look pretty good. But like, as far as animation These goes, these things did not exist. Yes. You're literally <laughs> create, make, yeah. you're creating it from whole cloth. So like, I feel like something that's so interesting and fascinating about animation as a whole is like, I don't know. That's what interests me is like, it's so intense in my mind because like film production yeah, I'm going to go out with my iPhone and shoot a short film. Like, yeah. literally everybody can. And I feel like it's been diluted. But something about animation, there's, like, still a purity hmm. to it in my mind in terms of, like, 
I don't know. I, it's it's just really interesting, and that's that, again, like Peyton was saying, is like it's one reason I was really interested to have you on is because I know a lot about film production. I know next to nothing about animation, you know, but they're thought about as being in the same yeah, field. It is, um, yeah. But so, like, what? I guess all of that leading into like in your experience getting into the professional animation world on the film side of things, it can be pretty grueling when you're starting out as a production assistant and just a runner or like whatever mm-hmm. on a film set. Mm-hmm. Cutting gumballs. Cutting gum. One of my jobs at Disney for a day was cutting gumballs in half with a knife. I cut like 2000 gumballs in half with a knife because mm-hmm. they were building a gingerbread house mm-hmm. from up. So that was my job for a day. Um, is there kind of an equivalent of that on the animation side of like, mm-hmm. is it pretty grueling starting oh, yeah. out? You got to cut your teeth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that kind of period of time like? Um, Man, it'd be fun to have some other of my friends on here because we all have our own stories, how we get, how we got our opportunities. Um, yeah, I mean, there's people, I have friends that, you know, had to work a second job and just, you know, grocery store or whatever. Um, and just taking internships. Mm-hmm. My story, I got into a small studio in Nashville, Tennessee. It was my first like professional gig mm-hmm. paid to do animation. Right. Um, but it was, uh, an all hands on deck type studio in in the in the sense that you wear multiple hats, even though I was trained in animation, um, was small enough team and they had a diverse amount of projects that if you knew how to use After Effects, then we're gonna pull you over on this. And if you knew, you know, how to do the this, 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 then so even though I would animate mostly, I still helped redesign a website for a college because mm-hmm. I knew how to use Photoshop and mm-hmm. uh, design software and um, I did some motion graphics in a documentary because they needed an extra After Effects person and mm. there wasn't enough animator. There wasn't enough work in animation. And then I would, you know, bounce around. And they did some fun stuff, some Sesame Street stuff, some... Um, the documentary was Being Elmo. Um, oh, yeah. The Kevin Clash. Got mm-hmm. to work on that. That was the... If you've seen it, it's the cards of, uh, like, his old photos from the Henson company and mm-hmm. growing up where we'd cut out foreground, midground, background. And so you could do that planar effect. Yeah. We would, that was us. So it was fun getting to rifle through tons of old uh, photos that the Henson company allowed us to yeah. mm-hmm. have access to. That's cool. Um, that the public, you know, doesn't get to see. I was wondering which one came first. Was it being Elmo or uh, Thor and Loki? Cause it, sa- it says here it's, it's the, the same, same com- year. It's the same company. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean. You wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one was first. I, I was but they at, were at the same time. In your I was career. at that studio eleven months. Oh, okay. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so during that time, oh, let's hit the table. Uh, during that time, I worked on being Elmo and Thor and Loki, the motion comic. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, a sci-fi B movie, C movie. It's a it's a sci-fi thriller called After, directed by Ryan um, Smith. <laughs> I had to think because he's the son of Michael W. Smith, so Whoa. I had so I had Did to go. You know? So I had to go. 
What's Michael Take w. out the W. What's Michael W. Smith's last name? Smith. <laughs> Put it behind Ryan. Okay. Ryan Smith. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Now on that one, it actually Sorry, says you're, you're, you were a character designer. It does? Yeah. On which one? Oh. On After. On after? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that is that another example of like a multiple hat type of thing? Like, did you just... Mm-hmm. Character design is crazy, and it's something that's super wild to me in general, just because you can get a description, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have to come up. So did you have an idea for a character, or no, were they like, so the you monster, have to? Now, it wasn't, it wasn't so much, Tyler, this is your thing. Um, it was... I th- that was the last project I worked on before before I moved on. And so at that point, they kind of knew me, knew I liked to draw and kind of build up a rapport there. And so there's a creature, the, the, the movie's live action, and then there's just a, a CG monster, all, all hand animated by the team. And um, there was a couple, they didn't know exactly all how it would look. There's a couple rough designs, but they were still working out some of the different notes from Ryan. And so they said, do you want to take a pass at kind of these notes and see if you want to, I don't know, draw some ideas, see if you can kind of, I don't, I did, I did some pass on the creature and just working out some of the scariness or whatever. Um, I don't, I can't remember if they ever reused anything of mine because there was other people in the team sketching things out too, but I still got to do it kind of a thing. Um, and that is kind of how you keep growing and getting yeah. opportunity is you just, they get to know you and you kind of put yourself out there. And, and when they, when they need somebody that can draw and they're like, Tyler can draw, ask him. Like you just kind of get to help out if people remember or, yeah. if, or if you've let them know. But I think what I tell my students is even if your dream is like Pixar or, you know, the big, the big studios, um, don't be afraid to take that small job just to get the experience. Cause there's no way I would have ever gotten to work at the next place and the next place. If all I ever did was say no until, you know, a big one, cause the big ones want to see your experience, want to see you've worked in a production, want to see that, you know what it's like to take notes, uh, and give yeah. notes and receive notes. Cause that's a big thing. You gotta be able to handle the pressures of production. And, yeah. um, and I was totally the, you know, naive kid applying to Pixar right out of school and be like, Oh, they're not calling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? I really want it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't they know I want it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, you gotta put your time. So I tell my students like you, you just don't be afraid, you know, always be humble and don't be afraid to, um, Take the little job. You don't have to stay there. It could oh. be Michael W. Smith's kid too. <laughs> but so once you you're know. once you're in to that little thing, just you know, be hungry and be driven, and just make yourself be easy to work with, be accessible, and just remember, like the industry is small enough. And this is what Sean told me. He's like, be nice to everyone because one day they could be your boss. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. true. Like that's not specifically happened to me yet, but I've had some of my students move on to other studios that I've never got to work at. And sure. I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're already at a place I've never been. And I'm, I'm really excited for them. But I'm like, yeah, if I ever do get to go there, they've got seniority. They really yeah. could be a boss. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's fascinatingly wild. Um, like a, a, there's no exact number on this, but there are, as far as professional animator jobs out there, there are more players in the NFL than there are 
jobs in animation. Whoa. Wow. It's very small. Uh, these studios, like the big ones, if we're talking, now you could spread animation out across the globe. Sure. And these popular commercial. commercial studios. Yeah. And so there'll be like 10 to 20 animators in those. There's a lot of opportunity. Well, opportunity, sure. Uh, but even at counting them in Pixar, Disney, DreamWorks, uh, those studios only keep on staff about, depending on where they're at production, 60 to 80 people animation wise there's oh, wow. other departments right um and it can it can definitely go up um when you're yeah. in when you're in crunch it can right. go a lot higher 100 120 yeah it can hit some high levels if you're just trying to hit your deadlines um but yeah you're talking five major studios right. and you're talking under under 500 people yeah um uh-huh. now again then you i don't know how many little studios because they pop up all over and then they sure. unfortunately die out, die out. Yeah. but uh yeah it's really competitive. Just just name a couple projects that you've worked on. Some of your favorites, if you want. Let me see or... if I remember. Uh, I've got to work on uh, Legend of Korra, um, Ferdinand, Ice Age 5, Collision Course, uh, Peanuts Movie, um, Spies in the Skies. I should have gone in order because now, <laughs> now I can't. I will say to the listener, he's not using the cheat sheet. He, he's doing this. I should have gone. Closing his eyes and I should have yeah, gone in order because now I'm like, did I already say that? Ninja Turtles, um, TMNT, TMNT. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Peanuts movie, <laughs> Ice Age, Ferdinand, Spies in Disguise, Over the Moon. There we go. That was gonna say you hadn't said that one yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had to go in order. <laughs> I guess I was like, uh, uh, Tough Puppy. This is why I was at Nickelodeon. The Cora, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tough Puppy. They had a shorts program. I think they still do, but they started it while I was there, and so I got to work in a few of their shorts. Um, level 15, Wingdings. That was one of them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's pretty comprehensive. So you've gotten it's, to work on like a variety of different yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and different styles and whatnot. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, Cora was fun. That was really fun. Yeah, I was going to ask if anything like stands out to you in particular in terms of like this was a really cool project for this reason or whatever. Yeah. Cora was cool. Um, because is, yeah, the, <laughs> trying to think it's the anime, you know, like the, the style the, mm-hmm. and there's, there's specific things and rules to that as far as, um, keyframe count. Yeah. Um, you know, traditional, I don't want to say traditional cause it's all traditional. The Disney style animation is, uh, usually done on twos and then on ones for fast action. And what that just means is there's 12 drawings in one second of animation. And so, but if something is on ones, there's 24 drawings in one second. And so that I'm not saying this as well as I want in my head. (laughs) So in one second of animation, that's 24 frames. All right. Right. Which matches film. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so that all has to be drawn each 24 drawings per one second. Right. Um, occasionally you could get away with on twos, meaning 12, you cut in half. Anime can, uh, and that's, it's limited. Um, one, because of style, but also, uh, well, mainly style. Sometimes it's a budget thing, but really it's just the style of that. And I'm no expert on anime at all, so I am totally content if I get corrected on this. Um, but 
essentially things hold longer. So instead of 12 or 24 frames in a second, sometimes it'll even just be one, two, up to four. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why things move a little more staccato, right. a little more limited. And then they will put that animation back into expressions or mouth shapes or whatever. But action, the action of anime is usually a lot more thoroughly br broken down. But Cora had all these kind of rules and I got to kind of learn and experience these these kind of and rules don't mean they can't be broken it's just guidelines to help keep the style and everything right um so what was fun is the we did this fight um with this like mech steampunk mech mm -hmm. fight in the in the woods in the forest yeah and that was done by the nickelodeon artists and the hand-drawn characters cora and you know um Bolin and all that, that was done by the, the, the studio in Korea. And so what we got to use, cause we had to match up our choreography with theirs, but right. we're not able to communicate two different time zones. Wow. They're doing hand drawing. We're doing CG. Yeah. And so we got to use something called X sheets, um, which the traditional artists, you know, back in the Disney days and not just Disney, but that is a very normal thing for, uh, traditional artists. 2D artists to communicate their timing and their whatever. It's just this big sheet of like a big, it looks like a specific looking Excel document. Like it's just lines and columns and whatever. But in it, they leave notes about mouse shapes and timing and where things are going to fall. And there's no drawings on it. It's just these ticks just and text. marks and text and whatever helps communicate their blocking of their shot, right? Yeah. So we would get these from that team and we would learn, we got to learn how to read them. Right. Which the ner animation nerd in me was totally stoked. Yeah. Because I'm like, I knew what these were. I knew what X sheets were, but like CG, we don't really use them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I get to use an X sheet. I don't know how, but I know what these are. I know the old traditional yeah. artists use these all the time. And so I'm like, oh, I get to learn how to use X sheets. And so I was totally enamored with it. Yeah. And I kept them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so never actually talking to the animator we were working with. Mm. We just followed their X sheet, blocked in our choreography, and we never... And it worked out. And it worked it out. Looks... We never communicated other than through their their notes. It was amazing. That's crazy. So That's you insane. didn't see the shots until Not final, after... not finished. Wow. No. That's so crazy. Yeah, we just got rough ideas of where everything was, and we knew the timing and the action, and just put it in, and then... Wow. Yeah, not seeing all the color... And the final animation of the characters and all that didn't see it till the end. Wow. Just just amazing. I'm like, no wonder they could I yeah. A taste of like Sword in the Stone, a taste of mm -hmm. Robin Hood. Like I got Yeah. It's a testament to that that the X sheet thing. Yeah. It's like that's why they used it because it and once they figured it out, it worked. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, that's it's, crazy. So it's like, man, that's no wonder they could make these big stories with multiple characters i'm talking like peter pan with like neverland and the pirates and the sets and all that stuff and get everybody on the same page and i'm like yeah got a glimpse into that a little that's bit that's the big Nuts. thing to me that is it was like an outsider is so impressive to me is how you get your team and we talked about this the other day it was mm -hmm. like your second to last day at mjt it was because you were telling me about a shot that you were working on and i was so curious to know how Everyone stays on the same page. Like, how does the style stay the same when the artists are different? Like, mm -hmm. one shot, two seconds later, there'll be a different shot, and it would be a di it could be a different artist. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting how that 
comes together. But is there yeah. something that's kind of like once the when the team is brought together, it's connected through whoever's directing and mm-hmm. and all that stuff that that the kind of creative vision of everything is brought together. It it varies project to project, kind of just the culture of the studio, the culture of who's directing. A lot of different variables. Yeah, it it definitely the style and all that stuff and keeping everybody on model on track on the same style. Um, that comes down to just the vision of usually the director and the art. There's, there's like the director director, uh, overseeing the whole uh, project, but you know, they're kind of heads, the, the people that work under them. There's like head of animation, head of story, head of, uh, art, it's like art designer or uh, art director. Art director, yeah. There we go. It's like, why can't I come up with it? Art director, yeah. And so these people are, I can't always say they're hand picked, but they're very meticulously, meticulously on point with mm-hmm. the director's vision. And so then they're the ones over their departments right. making sure. And it's a very collaborative industry. Like you, pre COVID, you know, you're in the studio. And you're sitting next to the people working on all the same stuff. You're not yeah. being, you're not isolated in what you're doing. And so you might have the guy sitting right next to you or the girl sitting across from you. Like you might be working on the shot right before theirs or after yours. And mm-hmm. so you're just being like, Hey, what pose are you ending on? Cause I got to hook up with yours. Yeah. Um, or even if you're not sitting right next to them, you just walk over a few other aisles, send a little message or like, Hey, let's brainstorm. Cause we're, like we're going to, you know, our shots are going to, play together or whatever. Um, That's all communicated ahead of time. There's no surprises about that stuff. Mm. Uh, And, you know, most of the time it's moving so fast that, uh, well, in in a... You mean the workflow or the movie? The movie. Okay. Yeah. Ahead of time, there's something called pre-production and in film there's pre-production too, but it's the same thing. You're figuring out a lot of those questions early. But in animation, you're doing action test, animation test, character tests and you're figuring out how does Ferdinand wake up in the morning? How does he, you know, when he's terrified, what expression does he make? Right. You're, you're answering a lot of these questions. So then when we come to production or like, we don't know what Ferdinand looks like when he walks, we've never, you know, animated a bull walking Mm -hmm. and, but that's done ahead of time. Right. Right. So there's teams doing this. It's not the whole team. It's just a select group. And then little by little, how the pipeline will work is more people will join and then full production will hit. And then like the wave of artists come in to just kind of get it done. So you have a, you have a family of like animations to pull from like him reacting to something. Yeah. I mean the, the, the larger, Budgets usually have a larger library. Gotcha. Um, I have worked at studios that it for it's not like they're not trying to withhold from their artists. They just didn't have time and money to put, yeah. to put as much into it. Yeah. So there is a little bit more like instead of having a little library to pull from, you look at old shots that have already been finaled and be like, what worked and what didn't, and then yeah. you just kind of adopt some of that right. into yours. You know, and it's you know, like uh, on uh, Over the Moon. I had a shot with Feifei, like I, she is a 13 year old girl mm-hmm. and 
uh, oftentimes animation, you get to act out your shot just to kind of get to feeling of the, the character and whatever. Right. And I am not a 13 year old girl. I don't, I don't move like one. Right. Um, and at that time I had a really bad injury, so I couldn't even use my leg, uh, appropriately. I was limping. And so I had to get this like really subtle, solemn turn cause she was feeling it was a really emotional shot. And I, I, sh- I went to the reference room. I tried to shoot it. And cause I was like, I can feel that emotion. I can get there. Right. Uh, you know, in, in, in my psychology and my heart, like I can feel that, but I'm like, I still have this How do I, awful limp yeah. and I, you know, a 30 year old dude, I can't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, uh, so I just went to my, um, the animation, I went to my lead and I was like, who has done, who's done Feifei really well? Like who, who's the director really like, yeah. um, their acting or whatever. And they, they told me, I was like, awesome. So then I just went up to Emma and I was like, Emma, they said you do a really good Feifei. Um, you might help me shoot some reference. And she's like, of course, again, collaboration. Like, yeah. And so then we went and shot reference of this. And that's exactly what I used in, mm. in the movie is her, her performance. Right. And even though I, I, I knew I could get there. I was like, yeah. I'm still just not, couldn't do I'm it. just not, yeah. it's not working. Right. Mm. So you just have to make those calls. It's, it's, you know, it's not about, you know, you, you, it's not, I mean, until I guess if you get to direct, uh, but since I'm not the director, it's about me, all of us, uh, helping the director tell their story. Right. It's not about me telling mine. Thank you for listening to the first part of this two-part episode of This Podcast Is Not For You with Tyler Kakak. Uh, we will be back next week with the second part. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week.